This is the Ring of Honor, aka Shane T, boy, the baddest champion you ever seen, boy. This is Mister Anderson. This is good old JR Jim Roth, and you are listening. You're listening to Knockouts and Three Counts. Starts now. Ooh, what up, though? It is a Thursday, and you know what that means. R.I.P. Brody, but it ain't R.I.P. to this guy's UFC dreams after Dana White's looking for a fight. It is the return of our homie from Steel City himself, the man Josh Frim. How you doing, bro? I'm doing well, bro. Doing well. Glad to be back on chatting it up with you boys. Hey man, we're happy to have you back. You've had uh, quite the weekend and shit, huh? Yeah, yeah. It was uh, <laughs> it was a pretty exciting weekend. Uh, it was a really crazy build up the days before it, and just a whirlwind of emotions these past almost like ten, twelve days. Well, you say it was crazy on the build up. Uh, get into that a little bit. What do you mean by it was crazy on the build up? Oh, uh, you know, it was just uh, it was short notice. I was. Yeah. Uh, I believe it was the weekend of the divisional playoffs. My friend and I were just sitting around, uh, you know, drinking some beers, watching some football, <laughs> chilling. And uh, my coach texted me and asked me if I signed a uh, contract that was in my inbox. And I said, no, um, I was waiting to get to it, you know. And he was like, don't, we might have an opportunity. I didn't know what he was talking about, so I got nervous, and I looked at my buddy, and I was like, I guess I got to stop drinking beer right now. And so maybe yeah. I just switched over to water and stopped eating the crappy food we were eating, and I found out within the next coming days that uh, I had an opportunity to fight in front of Dana White, and that was super – that made me real stoked. I can only imagine what the nerves had to be going into that. Cause I mean, dude, you'd already been on a little bit of a roll leading into that with what you'd done with uh, LFA and all that. And to get it on short notice, did that like, did that kill any of the nerves for you having to be in front of day being that it was short notice? Did it being like not having the long camp to sit there and think about it? Did that make uh, the mental part of it any easier? Yeah. Uh, yeah, honestly it did. Obviously I had like a, a big wave of uh, emotion and nerves uh, leading up to signing for the fight and just thinking about it. But overall, like I just didn't really have time to dwell on it too much. It was just, Hey, let's get ready. Let's go fight. You know, I was already close to wait, so it wasn't going to be a problem. Just had to go out there and perform. Oh yeah. I mean, so when the, when the fight was initially offered to you, was it offered to you as fighting in front of Dana White or was it just a FAC event you know signing uh, you know how'd, the, how'd like, that work it, it was the FAC event and it was well known that Dana was going to go there for uh looking okay. for a fight and it was just yeah. an opportunity that popped up that my management sent me and was like hey we have an opportunity to go fight in front of the boss like let's go do this <laughs> Yeah. Well, and I mean, we know with the management you got, I mean, you also has got uh, past guests of our show like Mondo Gutierrez and Justin Janes and a whole bunch of guys under that Iridium uh, stable. But mm-hmm. my question for you is with the rest of the way that card went, like you had Eduardo Dantes, who's a former Bell- Bellator champion, had one of the most gnarly fucking knockouts I've seen in a while. Yes, sir. And he goes <laughs> after you. Like, tell me what's going through your mind as you're watching the rest of these fights. Is there any of like, oh, shit, 
Like that might have just like screwed my shot up, not knowing how many contracts they're going to give away at any given time. Or were you kind of confident in, you know what, I went in there, did my business, and whether he gets one or not, I'm getting my UFC contract. Well, I mean, I didn't really know how many contracts they were giving out that night. Uh, I know when I was at the Denver one, they gave out two. I don't know how many they normally give out. So I felt confident in a sense. Um, but after my fight, like you said, Dantes had that crazy head kick. <laughs> he was in the back uh, right next to me in the locker room. And when he was warming up, like that dude is intense and uh he was kicking in the back and i was like man i'm so glad i don't have to get kicked by that guy like <laughs> he he went out there and put on a show and then isaac dalgarian he went out and just stone cold stunner that kid in the first minute and a half like it was unreal i, I was kind of nervous i was like you know i'm known for knocking people out i went out and submitted someone i don't know if that's going to give me a contract i am not sure but you know, it went in my favor, so I'm really happy about it. Oh, yeah. J-Bone, you've been quiet over there, man. What yeah. you got for Mr. I'm, I'm wondering, I want to know the details. So how did it go after the fight, after you approached and said, hey, this is what's going to happen, you know, looking Good for a question. fight? What was, yeah, I mean, I uh, obviously hopped on the cage and went down and talked to Dana, and I introduced myself. And uh, during the – how it went is, like, everyone went to the back. All the fighters who won came to the back. They had Dana White and the Nelk boys walk through, went into the uh, back of the locker room. We weren't allowed in there. And they just, we just waited with anticipation, anticipation, like who's going to get it, who's going to get it. And uh, my manager got this like smirky little grin and he looked at me and he's like, we're in. So I was, I was elated right when he said that. The longest few minutes of your life, right? Yeah. Yeah. I got <laughs> real nervous. <laughs> World's craziest job interview, huh? Right. Tell me about it, man. <laughs> it sounds uh, eerily similar to like uh, a contender series back room type deal. It, yeah. Are you are you glad that you ended up having it go this route instead of taking it through the traditional uh, contender series? Um, I'm happy that it, I'm happy that this route played out the way it did. Um, you know, I had an opportunity to go the LFA championship route and I slipped up on that opportunity. This opportunity came up and I'm happy that I pulled the trigger on it. If this one weren't to have come about or I would have slipped on this one and contender series is always a route. I didn't care which route it was. I just wanted in the UFC and it worked out and it just makes me so happy that I can sit here and say that. Well, with you getting into the UFC when you are, man, there's been such like a, a influx of guys and girls going places, coming in, going to different promotions all over the place with everything we've been hearing with Nganu and all that stuff. With you coming into the UFC fresh, I mean, what are your goals off rip? Obviously, the obvious one you always hear is, you know, you want a title in anything, but do you have any like specific matchups you're looking for or are you just kind of ready for whatever's coming your way? Dude, off the rip, I need to win a fight. That's what I need to do. I don't not. I'm not worried about a championship belt. I'm not worried about a win streak. I'm not worried about anything except number one, and that is my first fight. I don't know who it's gonna be. I have no names. I don't care about names. I don't get to. I don't have a say in it, so it doesn't matter anyway. Yeah. Just put a name in front of me, and I'm gonna go out there and I'm gonna do work. And that's my first goal: is just get a win. Do you have a time frame for that, and when that could be your first fight in there? 
Yeah, I'm hoping to hopefully get back in there March, April. You know, uh, March is pushing it. I hope that uh, if I could get on a card with my one of my teammates, either Dustin Jacoby or Cody Brundage, that would be amazing. Uh, if not April, I'm ready to go. You know, I'm going to take a little bit of time. I'm a little, uh, not a nice little shiner, <laughs> but, you know, I'll be back in the gym Monday morning. I'll be back to work. I'm not going to eat too crappy, you know, not too crappy, but I'm going to have some food this weekend. Um, and I'm just ready. I'll be ready to go. No problem. All right. Well, speaking of this weekend, bro, you alleged into it. So uh, I know you're a football guy. I know your Steelers are out. I mean, you guys did tie with us. So, I mean, (laughs) but uh, with that being said, where are you going with uh, the big game this weekend? How are you feeling about it as we go in? Who do you think is going to win in the Super Bowl? And all you guys that are watching, feel free to drop your picks in the comments. Yeah, I mean, um, I'm definitely going to hang out with some of my boys out here in Denver. Um, I got a couple roommates who used to live with me in college back in Pittsburgh. They moved out here. Uh, A couple guys in the gym. We're going to get together. We're going to cook some good food, drink some beers. Um, I don't know who, you know, I don't want to sit here and say that the Bengals are going to win because they're, you know, rivals of ours. But, dude, Joe Burrow is so freaking cool. I don't, know how you, I don't know how you can hate that guy. That guy is cool as fuck. Uh, but the Rams, you know, they're stacked, dude. Stacked. I don't know how they're gonna they're gonna beat those guys. I know that the Bengals are a second half team. We'll all see how it Matthew goes. Stafford. Oh hell, Matthew Stafford. Yeah, yeah. Hey, Mike. Yeah, dude. <laughs> I love it, dude, because, see, so that's where the dilemma comes for us. Obviously, with us being from Detroit, it's like – I know Zins are going to go for Detroit because you know you want Stafford to win. We're going to parade. parade That's what I was going to say, though. You get so many people, though, you'll get – most people are like that, but a lot of people are like, well, fuck him. He's not with the Lions no more. It's like, well, dude, let's be honest. If you're a true Lions fan and you're really being honest with yourself, Look, if you look at Calvin Johnson, if you look at Barry Sanders and now Matthew Stafford, you put any one of the three of them on a different team. Or here you go. Look at what Matthew Stafford did basically with the same setup he had with the Lions, just not the complete team because the Rams have the defense that the Lions never had. And look what happened. He comes out one year and the dude's in the Super Bowl. I look at it like this. It was the same thing as when Justin Verlander went to the Houston Astros and they won a World Series. For me, it's like they were over here with the Lions and the Tigers for so long. Like, stop being a fucking hater your whole life. That's why I say, even though Detroit (laughs) sports fans always get talked about about being some of the best sports fans, them motherfuckers are fickle too. So I'm just (laughs) saying, I am with Matthew Stafford getting a dub at this damn Super Bowl because at least somebody from the Lions did some shit, even if it ain't the Lions and hell, they're already making Detroit Lions shirts anyway. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he totally deserves or it. Like, Detroit I was never Rams. a huge uh, Detroit Lions fan, but I'm a fan of football. So, like, Calvin mm-hmm. Johnson and Matthew Stafford were some of my all-time favorites coming out of college. And, yeah, who cares if he gets it anywhere? As long as he gets it, I think he's a Hall of Famer. As long as he gets that ring, he's first-time yeah. Hall of Famer for sure. Yeah, he's Detroit's already in a party. He's already in the top five in the league uh, history of like yards and passes, mm-hmm. uh, completed passes, and so on and so forth. So, to just continue to build on that, he's not that old. And like you say, if he gets that ring, yeah. And realistically, depending on how that all plays out, he may go into the Hall of Fame as a Lion and not as a Ram. So, it, you, yeah, you got you got to you know appreciate him while you got him, and if you lose him, exactly. still don't you know. Don't lose your fandom just because they're not on your team no more. 
Right. Yeah, I mean, James Connors was killing it with the uh, Arizona Cardinals. I'm still a James Conner fan. Like, I don't care. I don't give a shit about the Cardinals, but, you know, I want James Conner to do well. And that's the thing. I feel like if you were ever an athlete in your life, like, Corey, you played football. I played football, you know, I've, you know, and all the different stuff with sports. I feel like you just look at it differently because, like, I yeah. feel like if you played long enough, whether it's in football or, like, I'm, in my case, I've done boxing, you too, you know, it's like you have respect for a good athlete at the end of the day. Like whether you like Matthew Stafford or you don't like Matthew Stafford, you look at the guy's numbers. And if we're talking about a sheer numbers standpoint, there's no way in hell that guy doesn't get in the hall of fame, even if yeah. he doesn't win the super bowl this Sunday. So yeah. I'm just saying that guy's numbers alone, was on a good football team. That's what, that's what I was getting ready to say. And then yeah. if you imagine, Give him that one weapon like he had with Calvin Johnson, but give him a complete team, and I guarantee you the Lions would have won a fucking Super Bowl. But oh, we've never yeah. had the management to do that. That's always been the problem. It, our management's been our problem. You were the, the worst franchise in NFL history. Dude, it's like that's that with the, the Tigers that's and our everything. Trophy we hold, baby. That's our trophy, bitch, right? the only team that we got that might be a winner. And hey, Josh, I know you are a big medical marijuana connoisseur. So if you need some uh, watching material, you know. Speaking of the only franchise that we have that's worth the shit in here, for any of you guys that might be checking us out for the first time, you know, Darren McCarty from the uh, Detroit Red Wings joined us about a month or two ago and was telling us all about his new medical marijuana line, his CBD line, and all that stuff. But the Red Wings are about the only team we've got here in Detroit that we can maybe count on because I have faith in Stevie Y, all right? Call it a little biased, but I have faith in Stevie Y. He, 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 a little rebuilt, bias, little he rebuilt Tampa, so I mean, I mean, definitely a shot, right? He's yeah. them from nobody to a legitimate every year title contender, so there, there's that at least. And at least the Red Wings have a winning pet. Like when you look at their history, the Lions don't have any wins, right? Like mm-hmm. at least the Wings have a bunch of different Stanley Cups where motherfuckers right. can be like, right. okay, at least they've won, right? Yeah. Like maybe they're on like a on a downslope maybe at the minute, but at least they've won. You know what I mean? Like I feel like that would have to be the general consensus on that one. But we skipped to Sunday, but son of a bitch, Saturday is gonna be Saturday is gonna be a good time. I assume you're watching the fights. Yes, for sure. I mean, uh, Izzy's going to be performing. Robert Whitaker's going to be. Uh, I'm obviously going to be watching the fights. Yeah. How are you feeling about this card, dude? Pumped, man. Pumped. There's, uh, you know, you got the, uh, you got Derek Lewis and Ty Tuavasa going mm-hmm. at it, going at it in the co-main event in a Houston card. Like that's that's going to be a banger of a fight. Yeah. Either way, beers are going to be flowing all night from that fight. <laughs> And, uh, you know, I got a, I got a teammate on the card, Alex Hernandez. So I'm really pumped to see him perform and he's, he's a Texas guy. So he's going to go and show out. It's going to be a fun Saturday mm-hmm. for sure. Well, I mean, and you got Bobby green kicking off the day. Oh card. yeah. And whether I forget Bobby green, like, the I mean, even if he doesn't win, his fights are always yeah. entertaining. Yeah. And even like, win. did any of you guys peep that from the press conference of what he was saying, uh, before the fight? Like that was something I wasn't privy to. Like he was talking about how like the UFC, had like gone through and helped him out when his brother died and paid for his uh funeral and all that stuff because people were asking why he's so diehard loyal to the UFC. I was like, damn, didn't even know that. Cause like it's funny because you always hear with the UFC, like the UFC, like if somebody will have a really good performance and say they lose, and then you know, Dana will hook him up with a check on the back end. 
or yeah. like somebody gets hurt or whatever it is, but the UFC paid for like all of their, you know, their medical stuff. Mm-hmm. So it's always cool to kind of hear that stuff. But like you said, Bobby Green is always fun to watch. And for anybody that's tuning in, like I said, we're getting ready to make picks for UFC 271. So I want to know who you guys are picking in the comments. Well, since we're talking about Bobby Green, how do you like his fight against Nazarat Hasbrot? Now, he was the one that fought Dan Hooker. And they had the whole clusterfuck of the way in to where the guy had less than 24 hours to make weight and still ended up not only making weight, but winning the fight. How do you guys think that this one's going to shake out? Oh, dude, Nazareth's a little animal, man. And Mm -hmm. so is Bobby Green. I think this is shaping up to be a fight of the night, honestly, performance from both of them. I definitely see if it's both of a brawler's versus brawler so i mean you're always going to give the edge to a brawl uh to bobby green all right he's got bobby green j bone or Corey. who wants next whenever you see a predominantly stand-up fight and bobby green's involved you you more than more often than not should expect him to win right but to your point uh nazarat i i'm gonna hack that name up (laughs) is uh He's a beast, man. He he may have not shown his best because of everything he was dealing with his mother's passing and stuff in his last fight. But uh, leading into that, man, there was a reason why the UFC matched him up with Dan Hooker. They really wanted him to be on that rise through the division. And for good reason, really. He's a really entertaining fighter, great striker. And he put on a great match despite the circumstances with Dan Hooker. So mm-hmm. I, I'm very excited for what this match brings. I still lean Bobby Green just because of fandom, I guess, So in this one. But really, I feel as though that shell may help him a lot. As long as he doesn't get caught with one of those crazy uh, head kicks that Nasserat likes to throw, I feel like uh, we he should be able to outbox him. Should. All right, so two for Bobby Green. J-Bone, where are you at? I, I agree with Corey, man. Same thing. I think that, that car is going to start up with some fireworks, and I think Bobby mm-hmm. Green's going to take that one quick. He's going to slip them, dude. Oh, well, it looks good. like we're all rolling Bobby Green, so if you're wondering uh, which way that we're telling you to bet in this fight, not a real hard one. But uh, my reasoning for Bobby Green winning this one, like you guys said, is the experience uh, being in dog fights, but also I haven't seen enough of Hasbrot yet to, like, see that he's going to be able to go through a war like that and bang it out with somebody like uh bobby green who we've seen you can beat the ever-living dog shit out of him and he'll still keep fighting so i'm still a little bit on the fence on if this does turn into the dog fight that bobby green always tries to make his fights can Mm -hmm. hosprot you know handle the damage that's going to come with that not saying that he can't but i'm just saying because i haven't seen enough of him yet i'm not really convinced that he's going to be able to hang in there and bang it out with bobby green um, the next fight that we got on this card, obviously we don't know what order they're going to go in, but I mean, I would assume it's pretty close to what this looks like, but you got, uh, Kyler Phillips versus Marcelo Rojo. Um, how you guys feeling about this one, dude? I've, I've liked what I've seen from Ky- Kyler Phillips so far. Yeah. And I, to lead off on this one, I feel like Kyler Phillips, uh, kind of got robbed in his last fight. He put on a great performance against, uh, the guy that O'Malley beat that I cannot remember his name at the moment. Um, 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 damn it. I can see uh, him in my head. <laughs> I, I know. Brazilian uh, 35 or that fought at 25. but I Marlon Bear. Or no, that was Cheeto no. beat him. Uh, yeah, Cheeto no, beat him. Um, it was um, the most recent fight. Either way, Kyler Wilson Hayes, I think. Or no, it wasn't. 
His no, last loss. You talking about his last loss? Yeah. Um, it was uh dude, it's a weird name. Paiva? Paiva? Yeah. Yeah. Paiva's Paiva. 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 Yeah. yeah. It's Who, a weird Julian name. I can't Paiva. think of it. What and, is it? Uh, great fight, but they they scored that fight as a 10-8 uh for Kyler Phillips in the first and gave uh already forgot it again because you know, stoner brain. Uh, <laughs> but they gave Kyler Phillips the 10-8, the and they gave uh, him the, the later two rounds, scoring it a draw. But I didn't feel that's the way the fight played out. I felt Kyler Phillips, not only did he get the 10-8, but also was very competitive in the last two rounds and should have got the win. That being said, he took a lot of time off between fights. He Usually when somebody loses, but it was such a tight fight like that, there's tons of stuff to gain from it and not so much that they had necessarily lost from it other than maybe a bit of steam but that that's easy to get back it really is especially with somebody as young as he is and uh with the uh exciting skills there's a reason why he's placed so high in the card it's because he really goes out there especially in that first round and uh puts on some incredible performances but rojo is the same way uh it's going to be it's going to be a fun fight, especially for the first two rounds. I think if it makes it past that, we might see somebody gassed in there. But uh, I lean towards Phillips in this one. How are you feeling about this one, Josh? You know, I think I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with him too. Like Kyler Phillips, dude, the Matrix man. That guy goes yeah. out there and he puts on a show. He's very smooth in his movement. You know, I don't really see too much that Rojo is going to bring that uh Kyler hasn't seen before and like you said he took some time off and sometimes that ha- that's for the best like you gotta mm-hmm. go away you gotta get recharged because this sport can burn you out really fast and I could I completely yeah. agree with you dude like I said I'm rolling with Kyler Phillips on this one myself I've been impressed with what he had even with uh all the stuff from his last fight like I say um, I think this one's going to be a sleeper fight on there, but I just want to say, thank God that with how much they're charging for these fucking pay-per-views at this point, <laughs> that at least this card is a card that I'm actually yeah. like interested to see from top to bottom, yeah. because not saying that I don't want to see the fights, but man, when you're paying 80 bucks a pop and the card ain't that great, it's like, son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it, does, it definitely will test the lengths of your fandom. Sometimes, you know? <laughs> it's like you, you got to feel for these uh, UK viewers and stuff like that staying up super late, but at least they don't have to pay for these damn pay-per-views, man. They get to watch it on broadcast television. So, right. yeah, that's horseshit. Yeah. <laughs> I'll stay up late to watch it for free. That is horseshit. How come America gives them more pay-per-view buys than anywhere else and we can't get right. that shit on TV? Hot damn. That's UFC 2023. Put the shit on TV, but uh, J Bone, how are you feeling about the second fight? <laughs> hey, man, it looks like we're all in the same boat here. I'm taking Phillips too, man. Like you said, he took some time off, but considering that last fight, I don't think he wants to leave that that in the judge's hands. So yep. he's gonna come out brawling, dude. And I hope I hope it's another now. That'd be the second knockout of the night, right there. If we're gonna be I mean, consistent, with I ain't it. mad at it. And the fair one, the casual fans will eat it up. But this oh, next yeah. fight is no. gonna be a banger, dude. Like we've got straight bangers, like the whole rest of the uh, card. You got uh, Jared Cannonier and Derek Brunson, which I would say arguably is gonna be your next number one contender at 185 yeah. with whoever wins that fight. Um, especially yeah. with the role that Brunson's been on too. Um, how are you guys feeling about this fight? I feel like Cannonier is kind of like slept on. But I don't know, man. Something makes me feel like 
this is kind of Brunson's time. I feel like he's kind of been knocked off that pedestal to get towards the title a couple times. And I feel like now he just might have the momentum to finally get over that hump and at least get himself in the shot with uh, whoever wins out of Izzy and Bobby Knuckles. But I don't know. I think I'm going to go Brunson on this one. We might differ here. Uh, I uh, I definitely think that Cannoneer is going to be able to come out because you need, you know, like, you don't really want to see Brunson fight Izzy again. That was such a one-sided fight. I know Brunson obviously changed camps and everything, and, you know, he's on a rise Blonde now. Brunson, bro. Blonde, Blonde bro. Dude, <laughs> I never – Looking like an old-school Kevin Randall. Yeah, this right. is the reason why girls dye their hair, because they want a different personality. They're like, new hair, new me. That's the same thing with Brunson here. He dyes his hair. He's a whole new person. But, <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Cannoneer prays to rocks and does a lot of different <laughs> weird spiritual things. So, like, who knows what the right answer is? It's just all that matters when you get in there and fight if your mind's in the correct spot. So, I definitely think that uh, unless uh, Brunson can, like, hump his leg the whole entire time. and He's going to wrestle down, fuck him to win. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I just think Cannoneer is going to land a crazy shot. Yeah, it- to your point, uh, Cannoneer is really hard to continuously take down and hold down. Mm-hmm. He's, he's somebody in that weight class because I feel as though he worked his way down through weight classes throughout the years. He still maintain, maintains such an amount of strength because he was so big, not so big, but he was fighting at a much higher weight class and moved his way down. Yeah. So yeah. It, I feel as though he maintains a lot of that strength and it's going to be really hard for uh, Blonde Brunson to keep him down. That being said, I, I disagree with the, the Izzy matchup a little bit. I feel as though that would be an entertaining matchup if it did get it presented. Just because of the fact that we would have to see him go through Cannoneer, which is an incredibly tough matchup for somebody of his style. So you're and saying then, if he beats Cannoneer, it kind of get puts him over the hump to be uh, it, more... it has to with his with his win streak and the fact that he's so late in his career and stuff. He's he just came out in media this week saying that he's only got two fights that he plans on doing. Period. Whether he wins yeah, whether he wins or not, you know, no matter what the case, he just wants to fight two more times and be done and move on. Well, that makes it even fight, more interesting so. when you think about it because man, that could make him hungry as a motherfucker to go in there yeah. and get this win. Like, look, I only yeah. got a couple fights left, and, and I got to make shit happen. Like, yeah, I mean. That could bring a whole other element to it. I mean, I know active on social media only means so much, but he's incredibly active with his training and stuff on social media. You can always see that he's, you know, doing his little uh, <laughs> crash bandicoot pose. Yeah. And, uh, he, he's in great shape for somebody at this stage in his career and with all the techniques and stuff that he presents. I feel as though he's probably going to end up getting knocked out Saturday. But that doesn't mean I'm not a fan and I hope the best for him. So. I, I, just in, I case, agree just in case you're listening, right? But, yeah, <laughs> that's that's the feelings, man. I I, yeah. I watch all these fights. I watch so much media with all these guys. I hope the best for him, especially with the last couple fights that he plans on doing. But that being said, I don't see it going that way. All, all right, right well, Jaybone, where are you going on this one? Kyle, I'm, it's it's sad to say you're the only one that broke the streak here, man. I'm going cannon here on this one. It's all right. So is Brock Lesnar, and look how the fuck that turned out. <laughs> hey, I think I, but the, honestly though, this one may have fight of the night written on it for me, man. This is one I'm really looking forward to this fight. This is going to be a banger. I think it. I don't think Cannonier, if he does get taken down, he's getting right back up, and you ain't keeping that guy down, dude. And it's going to mm-hmm. be a brawl for a minute, and I think it's going to go all three rounds. But 
I do think that Cannoneer is going to pull it out. It's going to be a badass fight. I hope that that's what I'm hoping for. Like I said, I like to go into business for myself and what I want to see. Screw everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> he said that it doesn't matter if, right. it doesn't matter if I want to see it. <laughs> All right. Well, I know you got to get out of here, so I'll let you go rapid fire on the last two. So we got Derek Lewis and Ty Tuivasa, man. Are we seeing a shoey? Are we seeing Derek Lewis wrestle fuck the ground like Randy Orton? <laughs> Dude, we're going to see a cuppy. You hear that? We're a cuppy <laughs> this time. I will throw up if that happens. Oh, but, God. dude, I don't know, man. This is such a – this one, I don't even – I can't even rapid fire this one. I, I have yeah. so much emotion for this fight. I love Ty Tuivasa. I love Derek Lewis. And you saw them at the press conference. We're just going to stand and bang, bro. Like, it's it's going to go mm-hmm. out there the first, like, five seconds, five to ten seconds if someone doesn't get caught in that first initial combination. Like, whoo, when that's not leaving yeah. the first round, I don't think, man. Um, shit. If it I'm does, it'd be a go surprise. With Derek Lewis, because I think it's just when Derek Lewis hits someone, it's just it's different. Ty Tuivasa knocks people out. Don't get me wrong, but the when he hits you compared to when Derek Lewis hits you, it just looks different. It just looks way different. And oh man, it's gonna be a. It's, bang. Al- it's almost like you shouldn't be seeing it. Yeah, like oh, it's I like, want to look away. <laughs> like one of those old school brawl videos that you see on YouTube. Like oh god. All right, <laughs> yeah, so we've got one is... for Derek Lewis fatality. Who wants to go next? Fatality. Uh, I'll make it real quick. I'll make it real quick. Derek Lewis inside a minute. This one's who? Okay. Ah, damn. He said inside, inside a minute. minute. Wow, I mean, Corey, where he, are you going with this one? That's two he, fatalities for Derek Lewis. He did make very quick work of um, another. Uh, Dacus. person i'm fan of and chris Dacus. so it takes one punch yeah it and not only punch man you're talking somebody that's his size and his athleticism we'll say that can throw like jumping switch kicks and all kinds of flying mm-hmm. knees and all kinds of crazy shit Derek lewis is beyond entertaining to watch tied to of us is beyond entertaining to watch i hope it plays out that way i hope we don't get some like clash of heavyweights where it ends up being a you know both guys watch each other and respect power i don't see it playing out that i was gonna say i don't really see that with this fight i don't think ty tuavasa can fight that way that's what i'm gonna say we've seen it before with Derek lewis but i do not think that ty tuavasa has a chill bone in his body when it comes to scrapping i think that dude's gonna go forward and try and knock his head off and yep, I'm going Derek Lewis too. Yeah. Also, because here's the fact that nobody's really said either. It's also he had a bad timeout the last time he fought in Houston. Yeah, they're fighting in Houston again. It's his hometown. He's gonna be coming out there like fuck. I need to redeem myself after the right. way the last one went. I think all those things mm-hmm. considered, I'm gonna go with Derek Lewis. But that being said, I was strongly thinking about saying that we were gonna see a shoey in Houston just to go against what you guys were saying. But <laughs> you know. <laughs> Since we've still got wrestling to talk about, you know, we're at the championship part of this card, and I'm still <laughs> feeling good after winning that Royal Rumble money last Sunday. J-Bone's got him one of those either. I Corey, one, I know it hurts. Just shut the fuck up over there. We're at yeah, the main, we're I, at... <laughs> you guys took money out of my pocket on Mortgage Week. I just want you guys to on Bitch, you bet yourself. <laughs> so just to fill you in, Josh, since I know you weren't here, we uh, put in $20 a person during the Rumble, and lo and behold, I got Ronda Rousey, and he got Brock Lesnar. <laughs> so it worked out pretty good for us. 
and we were four hundred dollars richer, and Corey was bitching the whole way home. But oh, like I yeah. said, we're at the championship part of UFC two seventy one. So we've got Israel Adesanya taking Bobby Knuckles on again. I am really looking forward to this shit. Again, drop your picks in the comments. But Mr. Fremd, who are you going with in the main event? You know, this is another heartbreaker. I love both of these guys. Big fans of both of them. But Izzy just is going to be – he is unstoppable. He's lapping the division. He's hes going to just make quick work of this, I believe, again. And, you know, and still. All right, J-Bone, who you got? I, I, I agree somewhat, man. Izzy's going to take this one home. But I, I feel like Whitaker's going to be a lot more patient this fight and maybe even kind of on the back foot moving away – a lot of the fight too so i think izzy might have to take him down track him down but all in all unanimous he's gonna take it all right Corey, who is it gonna be i'm I'm surprised that everybody feels so unanimous about it especially with what we've seen from rob Whittaker i forgot bobby knuckles fights. is your boy yeah. oh bobby boy. knuckles is my boy i he's mean one hey. of the few people i almost considered paying 30 dollars in shipping for a damn t-shirt to get sent <laughs> from fucking australia but uh that being said, I'm also a big Izzy fan. Uh, take nothing away. I, I I do like the matchup. I'm very excited for what it brings. I hope we see a uh, improved version of Rob Whitaker in this. Oh, I think we're going I, to. I think so as well. I really do. I think it's going to be a lot more of a drag out fight. I don't think it's going to be a quick knockout type of fight. I really don't. I, either way, I think maybe it'll be more plotting and somebody kind of ends up hurt through something like that, but not like a one punch, one kick type knockout in this situation. Yeah. I, I think Rob's going to try to be on such as P and Q's to really keep his defense as high as he can. He is smart in that fight as he can, because that's what kind of was a downfall in the last one. Uh, I still feel as though Izzy has an advantage though, because of the size. So I am going to lean that way if I was putting money on it, but I, I like Rob. So I want Rob. But I'm I'm it. with you on that one, dude. It's a tough fight because Izzy's been damn near unstoppable. Like he's been saying the whole lead up, he's been lapping the division at this point. But I do agree with you. I think that Bobby Knuckles is going to come out a whole different version. I think uh, those wins that he had in between that fight kind of made him realize some of the things that he needed to fix. I think that it's going to be a much more tactical fight than we saw in the last one. But I could see it breaking down into a straight bang or two. But with all mm -hmm. that being said, I think Israel Adesanya um defends the title in this one because I really don't see anybody at 85 beating him to be honest if if he beats Bobby Knuckles uh this Saturday I mean I don't know who the hell we could see go in there to uh take that title from the last style bender but I know you got to get out of here man if you want go ahead throw out your social media let everybody know where they can find you and once again we appreciate the time brother man oh dude appreciate coming on here and chopping it up with you boys uh you can check me out at Josh Fremd MMA on my Instagram or Josh Fremd on my Twitter. And, you know, hey, guys, it's going to be a fun weekend. We got fights. Mm -hmm. We got football. What more could you ask for? I mean, yeah. he's not wrong. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a great weekend. I don't know if it'll be able to follow the weekend that you just had, though. That, that, that one's yeah. going to be hard to cat. So. Yeah. <laughs> so hopefully it can live up to expectations. I know you got a couple teammates fighting in the next couple weeks and stuff, so best of luck on that end, too. Thank uh, you. Just, as always, man, greatly appreciate the time.
First order of business for you when you talk to Dana White, could you let him know that Knockouts in Three Counts demands to bring the UFC to Detroit, please? Fuck yeah. yeah. Bring it back to Detroit so <laughs> we, we can just, drink with Sam Alvey again. Just let him know. Hey, no just let him I'm know trying, that we told him. I'm a, Come on I'm to Detroit. I'm going to go to Pittsburgh real quick, and then we'll stop by Detroit. <laughs> hey, I mean, I'm cool with going down there and linking up with our buddy Sam Adonis in Pittsburgh. Let's make it happen. But hell yeah, happen. dude. <laughs> hey, man. Okay. Have a good night, brother, man. We'll hey. catch you uh, around the bend. Yeah, you boys have a good one. You as well, man. Later. All right, Josh Fremd, ladies and gents, freshly signed to the UFC. Um, I don't know. I'm excited to see uh, what comes out of that. I also Mm -hmm. am interested to see the actual episode when it comes out. I don't know why I didn't ask him that. But, uh, you know, I want to see the actual episode to see the interaction with him and uh, Dean Thomas and Matt Sarah because I've been going back and watching old Ultimate Fighters, and I just watched uh, Ultimate Fighter Season 4 where it was the one where they had all of them come back and Sarah knocked out GSP. Um, So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see uh, all the extra stuff that comes with that. I know me and myself, I am beyond excited to see what his uh, first actual uh, matchup ends up being, what, what his first booking ends up uh, becoming, I guess you yeah. could say, man. He's shown himself, like he had noted in the LFA, to uh, come back from the adversity he had dealt with in the LFA championship, come back, get, if I'm not mistaken, three fights after that, all of which were wins by finish. And then put on this incredible performance in front of Dana, man. Shout out, Josh Fram. It's always a huge pleasure having him on. And it's just, it's so great seeing these guys that give you the time of day props, you know, just rising through the ranks and uh, starting to achieve the stuff that they really uh, work so hard for. You're right. Now, with, um, before we jump off of MMA and hop over to the pro wrestling world, because as we talked about on Tuesday, Tony Khan was talking a lot of shit about what was going to happen on Wednesday. And I would say that he did a pretty good job of delivering on it for the most part. Uh, With that being said, you know, we heard so much talk about the money that Kayla Harrison wanted to stay with PFL and that she was going to go to the UFC and then maybe it was Bellator. And then for a minute it was, it was, it was, it was dead set, almost done with PFL. Well, now it looks like those those talks are at a standstill. So here's my question. Do you think that this is because she, you know, the UFC with what happened with Amanda Nunez, you know, wants to kind of try to bring her in as a, you know, like another person to bolster the division? Do you think that this is because somebody else came in and kind of threw out a high dollar, uh, you know, threw out a high dollar number at her? (laughs) What do you think happened when, for all intents and purposes, they made it sound as though she was headed back to the PFL? Well, even when uh, Ariel Hawani, because if I'm not mistaken, he's the one that broke the initial news that she was basically headed back. Uh, he said that there was a couple of things still that needed to be ironed out and that the contract wasn't necessarily ready to be signed or anything up to this point. And uh, it seems like some of those speed bumps ended up being uh, some significant roadblocks. And uh, for them to get to this point where it's actually came out in the media and stuff like that, that they're unsure with their season being just, it, it starts in early April. Um, so you're literally talking right around the corner and with your biggest star uh being 
up in the air whether she's still going to be competing for you or not it's a it's interesting right to say the least i think where do you think she ends up it could be it could be i think realistically it's back in pfl but i think what's going on is i think bellator made a big move because scott coker came out in one of his interviews and said that they're still in negotiations and that was after the whole aerial tweet came out and stuff so it could be a bellator thing like you say maybe they want her at 45 for the ufc because of the just lackingness of contenders there but you would think that that would be the move for all intents and purposes i i think if anything it's pfl or bellator that's that's what my thoughts are all right j-bone where's she going I'd like I'd like to see her stay in PFL, man. Because honestly, I mean, I don't go in depth like you guys do with all that, but there's not a lot there besides that for me. You know what I mean? That division. But hey, money talks, man. You know what I mean? So if well, if, PFL was offering her a shit ton of money. That's the thing. Like right. we don't know <laughs> what the the disclosed money the right. UFC was offering her per contract, but we know for a fact PFL was ready to drop the fucking Brinks truck at her mm-hmm. front door. Yep, and yep. I mean, that's the whole thing with this, right? Like, I saying, I feel if, if Dane is looking for the next great champion, though, and he's willing to pay that high dollar amount, that that's probably a name that you're going to want to have there. Yeah, I mean, sooner or later, I think it'll it may end up more than uh, Michael Chandler route, where uh, she ends up having some no negotiation at this current stage in her career, kind of like Mike Chandler did at like 2012 or something, but then ends up signing back with the promotion or another promotion and works their career a little higher. And then maybe we see her in the tail end of her career or the tail end of, you know, her physical prime, I guess you could say. And that's where she makes her way to the UFC. This is going to sound really bad. I don't intend it to sound the way it's going to sound, but being the fact that we're talking about a female fighter and sometimes the lack of push that we sometimes see when it comes to some of the female fighters. Mm -hmm. And you're like, we've already noted, you know, the 135 and 145 pound divisions in the UFC don't really have a whole lot of name power and star power. If the UFC was going to bring her in, it would be to do nothing more than bolster it. But if Dana already kind of isn't really trying to build that division, would he want to go out and spend the money? Because I don't think Kayla Harrison's coming in for chump money, which, like you said, that's why I'm not so sure that she goes to the UFC anymore. Mm -hmm. But in reference to what you said about Bellator, you know, when we first started hearing about Kayla Harrison and where she was going to go before, like it was said that there was any talks with her in the UFC, I was, oh yeah, that would be, you know, that would be a good route for her. Now that I think about it, when you really look at Bellator and who they have in their women's divisions, mm-hmm. it's not that far off from the UFC. So if she does sign with Bellator, I think that there's a very good chance that Scott Coker is going to try to lock her up for as many fights as he can get. Because here's the other thing that you got to take into account with Bellator. Chris Cyborg is their big star. She's still going to be a star for a few years, but she's also been in the game for a long time. So when she, whenever she does decide to retire, whenever that is and however long that is from now, they're going to need another big name girl that can take that spot. And if you have somebody like a Kayla Harrison 
who could conceivably come in and maybe beat Cyborg and then fast forward that process. It might even happen even quicker. So that's why I'm not so sold that the Bellator route, that that's where it ends up anymore, because I feel like whether you're talking about Bellator or UFC, I think the women's divisions are very light in both companies. So I feel like if either of the other two companies is going to get a hold of uh, Kayla Harrison, they they're not letting her in for a two or three fight deal. They're trying to sign her. It's going to be a shit ton of money and it's going to be at least a five fight deal. At least I would guess. Yeah. I mean, I, of course you say things and then contracts get handed in front of you and then you end up having to do Mm -hmm. other things. But that was the one big thing that she's been saying, especially lately come coming out of uh, media is that she's not signing her life away on contracts no more. She said she did that in the early stages of of her career. She's not trying to do that anymore. She just wants to fight, you know, fight smaller contracts. So to your point, the two, three fight deals, a PFL season, something along those lines. But <clears throat> I think it makes the most sense. And I had noted this, if you guys go back, any of our longtime viewers could even maybe have my back on this one. Uh, I may I I had noted that I feel as though that's the best route for her to build her stardom to if she truly wants to be and I agreed with you woman yeah the best woman in uh, mixed martial arts the best way to do that is to go fight cyborg defend that that title once or twice get out of your championship clauses then work your way to UFC and then run through the likes of an Amanda Nunes or whoever may be holding the belt at that time I mean look at how good but do you think Julia, she's thinking. But say that is the route she went. <laughs> Do you really think that she's uh really thinking that far down the line? Like, let me go fight these few fights in Bellator, and then I'm going to circle back and go fight in the UFC. I mean, I mean, I you've also got to take into account Kayla Harrison's already fought a bunch of fights, whether they were in PFL or not. So theoretically, if she goes that route and then fights through Bellator, depending upon how many fights they get in a contract you now have to add those fights onto a contract too. So even if she does get to the UFC, she's going to have all those fights on top of that. So Mm -hmm. say she goes back to PFL and then goes to Bellator, you're talking at least three fights in PFL. And then you got whatever, whatever she would do in Bellator, whether that's two or three fights, that's six more fights. And then when she gets into the UFC, that's dependent upon that. She goes in there and wins all of those fights then that would be six more fights that she had. And then you got to hope that they still look at her with the same star power to put her in there with whoever's the champion, whether that's Amanda Nunez, whether that's Juliana Pena. Uh, I mean, that's the thing. So that's a lot to talk about now, as far as where she's immediately going. I, I, I can't say that Bellator doesn't look like the front runner unless something else comes out from the UFC. But I mean, as far as the, the journeyman route, I guess we'll call it. I don't know if she sticks around long enough to make it for that one. And I mean, like you said, she said that she's not going to be fighting a short. She's not going to be fighting a short uh, contract no more. And she also said that she's not fighting for chump money. She said, if I'm not getting paid, if I'm not getting paid star money, then it's not as worth it, you know? Mm -hmm. But since you're talking about money, Talking about money. Here comes the money. We heard that. And well, we who knows where Shane's going to get money from, but I'm pretty sure he's going to be all right. But we're going to have to see what them taxes are looking like. And you know who can help you with them taxes? 
G3 payroll tax and accountants. We appreciate you. The homie Jack Gerard. I have known him for well over 15 years. Hell, I'm still bowling with a bowling ball as a spare ball that his grandpa drilled for me years ago. But if you're in the market for getting your taxes or your payroll or any of that good stuff done, check out Jack and G3 payroll tax and accountants. They can help you with payroll processing, filing all pay, uh, payroll tax forms, processing of payments and payroll tax liabilities, accounting, accounting services that include bookkeeping, compilation of financial statements, reconciliation of bank accounts and credit cards, tax return preparation for businesses and individuals. In other words, Everybody's got a price like the million dollar man says, but he's going to keep it so the IRS ain't coming to come take your fucking money. Look out for Erwin R. Scheister and make sure you hit that line to G3, payroll, tax, and accounting. Well, without any further ado, shout out to our new sponsor. Hit them up. Look at the links in the comments. But uh, with that being said, there was a pretty big night last night on AEW Dynamite, wasn't there? J-Bone, how are you feeling with uh, the hype that we had going into this and what was delivered last night on AEW Dynamite? Hey, man, I got to say, dude, Tony Khan does a pretty good job at building your excitement for these shows. I mean, not only because we already knew there was somebody was debuting last night, but not only did we get that, we got what did we get one or it was one or two more other debuts. Well, you had had, uh, Keith Lee, you had Switchblade. And then what? I wasn't there a women's debut also uh, against against Jade AQA, but yeah, yeah she was from yeah. Booker T. She was yep. trained by Booker T. But yeah, hey, they delivered, man! What a show! And then you got that tag team match with FTR and CM Punk and Moxley. That Off shit the stole start, the bro. show. Like Off number one, start. I'm gonna be honest. I really didn't think that Moxley was the person that was gonna come out for Punk, especially with the way I they were teasing that. the whole. Um, with the way they were teasing the whole thing with Danielson wanting to be with Moxley and all that, I didn't think uh, Moxley would be the person to come out, but holy shit, what a match, dude. Yeah. Like, yeah. dude, they beat the shit out of each other. The fact that Dan Lambert undid the top rope and they fucking shanked him with the top rope. Like, dude, it was uh, it was quite the match. Um, But I liked that. I thought that was a, a good way to go. I think it, again... Uh, Adam Cole, your AEW or Adam Cole, Adam Page, excuse me, Adam Cole, baby, uh, said he wants to go after the AEW championship, but your current champion is the hangman, Adam Page. Um, I think this makes him look a little bit better out of this. Um, but what were your thoughts on, uh, Moxley and hangman against FDR? Punk and hangman. Punk and Hangman, excuse me. Why am I saying Mox? I did it backwards too. Punk and Moxley. Punk and Moxley, and I'm saying Hangman. Jesus Christ. Who's got the pedential tonight? Who's got the pedential? Man. Uh, Anyway, so like you said, that MMA brain switch over to wrestling brain, and I died. (laughs) Brain scramble. Um, That was match of the night for me, man. Son of a bitch. That was a great match, top to bottom, dude. Um, I like the whole the, that Punk wore his red shorts. I seen that on. I didn't even put it together, but Punk wore those same shorts the night that he faced the Shield way back ah. when. Uh, little little kick to the nuts. To I love me. all the little nuances that have been in this. Yeah. From MJF wearing the punk, the trunks like <laughs> Punk uh, Punk had on when he beat Cena for the belt <laughs> and uh, all that stuff. I was a big fan of that. Um, yeah. Speaking of one MJF, dude. Uh, <laughs> 
Dude, MJF was getting him some neck last night. He said, "Fuck going to the <laughs> hotel. Neck? We're doing, we're neck. doing, oh. we're we're doing it right here and now, bro. We're talking front, right on the apron, just going at it, dude. No hesitation at all. Hey, I mean, Gets a peck on the cheek from the one chick, and then just turns and just is going to I, town, bro. I seen the clip, and it, yeah. it was rather, rather aggressive. I give the, uh, <laughs> the, ring, the ring girl very much credit. She did play into it. I don't know if that's on MJ. So part here's the question. Do you part? think that was his chick or but, just some chick they paid? Uh, either way, <laughs> it worked out, right? It worked out. Yeah, it, either way, he know. wins that one. Yeah, that's a good question. But All right, so yeah, how are you feeling about what we're like, seeing now with that? Think about how good that makes him look. Like, as, as a heel persona, like, that dude is literally – hitting every single bar that you could hit to make you hate that guy. You know what I mean? He's winning the big matches. Hitting he's better than you. Like he says, he's getting <laughs> he's the women. Better. He's got the, the, the ring, you know, it's like, he's but not just better than want? you. He's better than the best in the world. Now you gotta, right. you gotta. Yeah. I mean, Kyle had hyped me up so much on MJF when we had started, you know, like doing the podcast together and I had, finally caved and started you know watching some wrestling so i had some honest opinions when it came to these subjects when we were talking on the show and uh he he truly did live up to expectations man he lived up to the heel role that kyle had built up and everything and if anything you could it's it's a steady incline man you can definitely see that this guy's just getting even better in his uh in his zone and his, you know, jazz that he's got going on, man. He's, and that's the scary thing. He's got yeah. a long way to go. A mm-hmm. long way to go. We got probably 15, 20 years more of this guy. And if he's an <laughs> asshole like he is now, imagine him in 10 years. You're going to hate this guy. Dude, but that's <laughs> but the thing. Like, when somebody can legitimately like, make you like that mad, like, I'm telling you, dude, he might be the closest thing I've seen in a long time to somebody that I see motherfuckers going to jump the rail for this dude. I'm just yeah. saying. Yeah. <laughs> somebody jumped, what was there a couple months ago? Somebody jumped the jumped it, so I, it wouldn't mm-hmm. surprise me. I always wondered that, too. I wondered, those, can can he go out in public? Do you think that he can go to the make these towns and say, hey, I'm going to step out for dinner tonight? Do you think that's like a thing, or do you think somebody's there like, dude? Do you think he wears the... Do you think he wears the Burberry scarf when he goes? I mean, look, bro. <laughs> if, if, if what we see on Busted Open is any type of like uh, barometer for it, his own parents call him a piece of shit. Yeah. So I mean, <laughs> his own parents call him a piece of shit. So <laughs> yeah. you tell me, like literally, oh, word for it. word, his mother said he's a piece of shit. Like what do you, what do you, like what I mean? What do you want me to say? He said he's a piece of shit. So I I mean, but that being said. I'm really excited to see where we go with this MJF stuff. But, you know, talk about, you know, somebody kind of getting back to uh, getting back to business for per sense. What are your thoughts on uh, Santana and Ortiz basically telling uh, Jericho to fuck off last night? I love that, dude. I've been waiting for those guys to get back in the swing of things for a long time. That's a, that's a tag team. You don't want to not. Not that they were buried, dude. They've been one of the best. They've been one of the most underrated tag teams for yes. a long fucking time. Not, not that a they were buried in any time. sense with Chris Jericho, because anything involving Chris Jericho is a plus, I think. But no, I don't think it's held them back at all. But I, but I mean, you know, one thing that I was waiting for Santana and Ortiz, Ortiz to say, like when he was getting pissed off and he was talking about how Jericho had held him back, 
why didn't we, especially with Hager being out there, why didn't we talk about the fact that all those times they put together all the random combinations of Jericho and Sammy, Jericho and Hager, Mm -hmm. they're getting all these tag team title Mm -hmm. shots, but the legitimate tag team in that group, one of the best tag team in the world has had, hasn't had a tag title shot in who the fuck knows how long. It's been over a year. It has, because I was at the last one. I think it was at full gear in, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, Baltimore. Yep. I mean, whenever you see any of these like alliances or like guys working under people's wings and stuff like that, you you can only play that role for so long, right? Because after so after so long, or if it starts to gain too much steam as that, you get known as the guy that was working under somebody and not known as your own person or your own character. You have to have that kind of to hit you got to hit a three pointer in 2k. You got to have that like right timing of the release, you know, you got to play that right, you know, and that's, that's the worry whenever I watch a lot of these alliances and teams and stuff that, you know, we see in wrestling as of late and AEW really seems to love to play into that. And well, and I mean, they've been a group since the very beginning of AEW too. So it's not like they were thrown together as like a mock and then didn't last. So, I mean, they've been together for the better part of three years. And I mean, if you look at any big group in wrestling, whether you're talking about DX, whether you're talking about four horsemen, whether you're talking about NWO at one point or another, they all broke up. There were different incarnations of the four horsemen. There were different incarnations of DX. There was, uh, fucking five different factions inside the NWO, just like there's 25 different factions inside a bullet club now, uh, yeah. which we can talk about what's going to come out of that too. But uh, I mean, I think it's time maybe to split them apart. I think uh, Santana and Ortiz really deserve to kind of really have that shine. And I mean, I think a match with them two versus Jericho and Hager, I mean, that's a good way to do it. But here's the question. Do you think the, what do you think the fate of the inner circle is? Do you think they're going to implode or do you think it's going to be one of those things where they scrap for a little bit, but once they split, once the other ones are getting, you know, jumped or fucked with, you know, here comes Jericho and the rest of them. I think that's, it'll it'll be similar to something like that. Like, Kind of how the whole DX thing played out. You know, they break up a lot, but they always have each other's back when it comes down to it. You know what I mean? But I I, I really think this is going to bring out the best in Santana Ortiz, man. This and, and tag team wrestling needs to be back, right? So why not have one of the best tag teams in the world be one of those tag teams, you know? With the Briscoes eventually coming in, with FTR sitting there, you have so many tag team matches that you don't want to miss out on. So pumping that tag team division, it's, it's going to be well worth it. Can we talk about the Briscoes and, like, the amount that I just want to see them and FTR fight at this point. Yeah. We're going to get there. I'm (laughs) just saying, I just want to like, seriously, (laughs) like I was saying this before the GCW show. I was saying this, bro. I've been saying this ever since ring of honor final battle, which if you're new here, make sure you hit that subscribe button. You can go check out uh, our chat with Shane T the baddest you ever seen boy. Uh, before he went to war with Kenny King. Uh, but with that being said, I, dude, can we please just get FTR versus the fucking Briscoes somewhere? Or better yet, can we just get the Briscoes in a bigger company, please? Yeah, please. We'll get there. I think we'll get there. I mean, we can't. How do we not, right? You got to be stupid not to have those guys in an arena somewhere. I'm just saying, the Briscoes have been one of the best teams outside of a major company for fucking years, dude. Yeah. 
I'm sure. just saying. And it's already been proven that they can both do their thing on their own because Jay is a former Ring of Honor world champ as well. So, like I said, I am very interested to see where the Briscoes end up next. Uh, I hope that wherever the hell it happens, I don't care if it's AEW, I don't care if it's when Ring of Honor comes back. Here, how about that? What do you think the chances are that we see that match happen in Ring of Honor when Supercard of Honor comes back? I'd be cool with that. Yeah. I mean, it could even play into a story like the Briscoe's been chasing these guys for so long and now you got to come to us type of thing. You know, maybe they'll do some interpromotional stuff. I'd be down to see that too. I mean, I could yeah. see that too. If they don't sign with like an AEW or whomever it might be, I obviously, I don't think it's going to be WWE, but if, if they don't sign with AEW no, or an impact on. or something like that, I, I think, I think it's very possible that they could do that. Now that being, especially with the fact that they were the first, uh, inductee into the ring of honor hall of fame that they announced last week Mm -hmm. so i mean i wouldn't be shocked if that's the way that plays out for all of you guys that are watching if you've got any opinions on where the briscoes ends up please feel free to let us know in the comments where you think they end up next well we imagine them going to wwe first of all could you imagine that you know you know they'd be the godwins 2.0 that's so hold on so part of me believes that they wouldn't like if they were to try to bring them in being that they already know they were kind of getting shit on by AEW. something tells me that if they were to bring in the briscoes at this point being that we just saw them do what they did with impact right where they brought mickey james in and things if they were going to do that i don't know that they would shit on them super hard for the simple fact that they already know that everybody was already expecting that if they bring them in that being said i don't think the wwe would touch the briscoes because they're a little bit older either. and have been in the game for a while and it's clear they're trying to sign all these young bucks not to mention you'd really have to water down their wrestling to have them in wwe they're wrestling look at their promos yeah you'd have to water down everything dude i love the briscoes promos but i'm also 29 years old and a full-grown man and could say whatever the fuck i want because i got the pencil and the (laughs) microphone on this bitch but uh like i say it i i'm very interested to see where um where the briscoes end up but with that being said you know let's talk about debuts we saw Switchblade Jay White, who's already been doing his thing with uh, Impact. We all know that he was the leader or is still one of the leaders of Bullet Club over there in New Japan. We know that Switchblade is over there in Impact along with G.O.D. Uh, we've seen a lot of um, Bullet Club infusion uh, with Impact and AEW. But what are your thoughts on Switchblade showing up in AEW, uh, J-Bone? I dig it, man. I like it. I like the whole you know, the new Japan thing. It's almost like, cause they're not really saying much, but it's almost like it, it is the forbidden door. You know what I mean? They don't really touch on it too much. You don't get in depth on it. Like what's going to happen with him. But the fact that he just shows up out of nowhere and that's the last guy you were expecting, right? Everybody thought, Hey, the big debut was in the match. And then that happens. It's like, ah, that's how you get me. You fucking, you, you don't let me read it on the internet. And you don't let me predict it. Perfect. Funny how I try to tell people all the time, like, that's why I hate spoilers, but fucking. Mm-hmm. Well, mm-hmm. I mean, you guys got half of your prediction, right? With the whole Keith Lee thing, right? Because yeah. we uh, we had all kind of. Well, technically, you know, that was the whole prediction because he only said that's, one was showing up. Yeah, so technically. And well, that's his... what I'm saying. That's And that's what I was going to lead into is in our time in Chicago uh, out there. 
it was the same deal, right? Like we had we had thought and rumblings and stuff with CM Punk, and it kind of was all but confirmed. But then the whole way that they had twisted it all at the end to bring out uh, Adam wasn't that the Adam, Adam Cole and Brian yeah. Danielson? Yeah, yeah, and the way that they just like not only it was crazy when they brought brian danielson out right like everybody was like wow and then he did the whole speech and stuff and that was great it was absolutely great and everybody was already blown because it was a huge curveball you know everybody's thinking strike three the night's over no they fucked around and threw a strike four for some reason boom is all i want to say it's all about the boom (laughs) you know and they they do a great job of that stuff so it doesn't necessarily surprise me if that you know Tony Khan was hyping this show up. He wanted to pull some cards out, so that's what he did, even though with it not necessarily being a pay-per-view event and stuff. Well, All Out definitely wasn't. I mean, they're definitely trying... Well, plus you got to look at it this way, too. Um, They really are going to be, at least for the first year, and I mean, obviously, period, but they're going to be really going heavy to try to up those ratings on TBS now that they've had to switch from TNT to TBS. Yeah, and uh, all that too. So I mean, I, I'm not surprised by it. It it was a great move. Um, I wonder how that plays out with Impact because uh, from everything I've been hearing, it almost just seems as though like Impact wasn't as happy with the way things worked out with their relationship with AEW, or at least that's kind of like the vibe I got from it. But with that being said, it's really interesting to see how this is going to play out because, like I said, Switchblade has been over on Impact. He's heavily involved with the thing with G.O.D. And, you know, we still got to see where Gallows and Anderson are going to go, and we know that he's they're all Bullet Club over there in Japan. Yeah. Um, and with that being said, that wasn't even the biggest debut that we had last night because we were all, as you could hear from that crowd, we were all forced to bask in his glory Keith Lee has debuted in AEW and look, man, I have been a very big Keith Lee fan since we were seeing him in the Knights of Columbus out here in Livonia. And when the banner fell and smoked that guy in the head and they offered us all free tickets. And uh, yeah, dude, it was uh, like I said, I've been a fan of Keith Lee for a long time. I don't think sounds very indie wrestling like. Yeah. <laughs> What's crazy is Corey, if I l- literally went down the list of people that uh wrestled for them while we were there, dude, like you would literally be looking at it, people. It's, it's wild, right? Like you had noted with WWE always trying to go- scoop up all this young talent, man. You see like they don't like to pick from the indies and stuff like that, but you see some of these young guys and stuff and man, they're they fit that role perfectly. So you, you it's not a surprise that people, you know, like you would say get so hyped so quickly but with the keith lee thing man that, that's exciting for the simple fact of like it, it brings exactly what AEW is looking for another top level guy that they can push towards the top and stuff and build incredible stories and stuff around but it helps with just like like i had noted just so many releases and so like there's so much going on in the wrestling world and they're absolutely doing their best to stay at the top of the mentions and the top of the uh conversation i guess you could say well and and the thing is bro if you listen to like the wide consensus since last night when he debuted like i mean i don't know why they couldn't have done this exact same thing on the wwe roster 
because, yeah. you know, they were talking about will Keith Lee be his biggest star on the main roster? Well, everybody in AEW knew who the fuck he was. Yep. Mm-hmm. The crowd yep. was going wild. As soon as I seen that clip, because I had kind of assumed, right, like when we're all kind of feeling the same way going into something that it's going to go that way, then more often than not, it does go that way. Uh, with that being said, I once I seen that the clip was official, he had made his walk out, the theme music started playing. Everybody and their brother was sitting there, phones, oh, shit, was phones up yeah. recording what the yeah. hell's going on, trying to, you know, post it to their Facebook, post it to their Twitters, you know. So everybody was definitely excited. And to your point, everybody definitely knew who he was, you know. So, yeah, props to him. Man, did he put on a show in the ring? Jeez. Holy crap. That he's a large man, dude. Like he he's a big dude. And the fact that he moves as well as he does and then the strength that he has, holy shit. Can we just talk about the fact that he wasn't in a singlet? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Like I man, when they took him to the main roster and like made him wear the singlet and all that shit, like I understand he's not the most Right, like I know he's not the most abbed up guy in the world, but like it all kind of goes with his whole shtick because you yeah. look at that guy and do not expect him to do the shit that that guy <laughs> exactly. can do for being that big. And then exactly. when you add his voice to it, the guy's damn near like a superhero. Yeah. I'm just saying, like you listen to his voice, it sounds like something out of like a superhero cartoon. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, Keith Lee's got checks all the boxes. <laughs> it's going to be great to see... Uh, you know, where all that plays out and uh, where we go from that. Excuse me for throwing uh, the screwing up the mocks and uh, CM Punk shit. Uh, I don't know what the fuck I was thinking with that. I meant to say the hangman match because he had his heavyweight title match against the Murderhawk monster, Lance Archer. Um, I don't know. Very good match for the champ. Um, the spot they did to do the... Um, the buckshot lariat dude was insane because the rope was already busted off and he they already had taken the top rope off and then he hit him and they went through two tables um good match for uh lance archer um i hope at one point we really get to see him either at least get a run with the AEW title or at least like seriously contend for one because I don't know if you kind of get this feel, J-Bone, but even though I love Lance Archer, I feel like he's starting to kind of get the feel of one of those guys that you feel like he'll always be in contention, but I don't know if I yeah. ever see him getting the title. Yeah, I feel the same, man. He's always going to be there. Cause he, I mean, he, he looks the part, don't he? The dude looks great. Looks the and part, acts the part, has Jake the, the Snake part. Roberts next to him and right. Dan Lambert. And he puts on a hell of a match. And I, But I agree with you. I think that's just one of those guys. It's just, it's just not going to get over the hump, man. I, I mean, I hope I'm wrong. Don't get me wrong. I hope, I, I hope like what they've done with him in AEW. I think it's a big shot in the arm. It goes off of what he did in New Japan. But um, I'd like to see him really get pushed towards like a, a a top run. I mean, obviously, I think that was a great match. I think that that match is going to do a lot to raise his stock um, in AEW. And like we talked about, I mean, the mocks. Uh, the Mox Punk match. I mean, holy shit! I don't think I, any of us were really expecting that much um, out of that match. And now, wasn't uh, one of the stipulations of that match that if uh, Punk and them won, that they would get he gets to face yeah, MJF he gets again? The rematch. Yep. 
So, I mean, there you have it. Not only that, now you've set yourself up for another banger because you know when they put MJF and CM Punk in the ring again, it's going to be another banger. Um, I don't know. Like I said, uh, good things going. We got a that, big that weekend. That's going to be on pay-per-view, though, right? I, I said that on Twitter. I was like, there's well, you no got way we're going to get. Up. I think it's going to be. no way we were going to. I didn't think we were going to get Punk versus MJF on, yeah. on TV. I thought that was yeah. going to be a pay-per-view match. I'm surprised yeah. they did it that way, but. Clearly, they got better things in mind. Does MJF end up becoming uh, CM Punk's AEW kryptonite? Mm, Good question. Uh, Damn you. Does he he run through the rest of the guys for the most part, you know, have his match? I don't know that he runs through everybody, but I will give you that I do think he could very well be CM Punk's arch nemesis for the amount of the time that he's in there because he's got enough of that moxie that CM Punk had but with that pompous asshole, which is like so opposite of where uh, punk comes from. I very well could, I very well could see this being something that we continue to see uh, going forward. But what what I mean by kryptonite to to clear up real quick is, I mean, is that going to be the guy that he, he never gets the victory over? No, sure. I totally know. know, That's why I'm saying I don't know if that's going to be the case because I think with how big of a star Punk is, I think Punk will eventually get that one back. I don't think it'll be for a while. Hell, it might be at Revolution. But um, with that being said, I think that this isn't going to be like the end chapter of where this shit ends. Like, I think what's going to end up happening is you're going to have... I think what's going to end up happening is you're going to have, you know, these two, it's going to be like they'll come back to it throughout yeah. their careers, or at least as long as CM Punk is in AEW, at least that's where I see it. And I want to know what you guys think. Like we said, we got a hell of a weekend ahead of us. You got the Super Bowl Sunday, Saturday, you got the UFC. Uh, we got Keith Lee and AEW on Wednesday. And uh, who the fuck else knows what's coming to you? Make sure you hit that subscribe button so that you know who's coming to you next week. Um, with, I can tell you, I mean, it might, I mean, we're talking about Kings and all those things, you know, we'll have to see who ends up in that box, but, uh, you know, in the meantime, in the, in between time, you got to watch out when you're talking about money until next time in the, in between time, check out the homies with G three tax and accounting peace.